Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card, issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval terms apply. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. Real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. This is Star Talk. I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson. I'm an astrophysicist, your personal astrophysicist, and I work at the American Museum of Natural History right here in New York. And I also serve as the Frederick P. Rose Director of the Hayden Planetarium there. Today, we're doing Cosmic Queries. Star Talk, the Cosmic Queries edition. I've got in studio Eugene Merman. Hello. The one, the only. A voice. Yes. Risen from Bob's Burgers. Yes. <laughs> I can't believe you're that on the Good uh, child. I'll look for you on TV. So so you're going to help us get through this. I haven't yeah. seen these questions before. No. And this edition is uh, the sequel uh-huh. to the science fiction Yeah, science edition. fiction part two. Part two. Yes. yes. Let's do this. Bring All right. It on. These are questions called from the oh, internet. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is from mm-hmm. Facebook, Twitter, yeah. uh, from the internet. Okay. These are not fans yeah. of Star Talk, and this is yeah, our yeah. way to give back to them. So here we go. Uh, Ali Bishop wants to know: Can Neil please explain the hypothesis that the universe is a holographic projection? I've heard of it. I just don't understand it. Yeah, I can't claim to fully understand it either. It's an inventive, innovative concept mm-hmm. where, see, on a black hole, yeah, information that comes through the event horizon has a a memory of that information imprinted on the inner surface of that event horizon. And if I remember it correctly, and the, the, the notion is you can create a whole world just on this sort of projected fact of having passed through the event horizon. Now, how you get from the event horizon, which is a surface mm-hmm. surrounding a black hole to the 3D existence that we are, I was a little fuzzy on that. And so I don't I, so I don't claim enough to answer that question 
But you described her question to other people, and now we all want it answered. <laughs> so I've just, so I've just frustrated people even yes. further. Well, no, you've clarified a thing that I didn't know to not understand. Yeah, it so has thank to, it, you. It's an intersection. <laughs> now you really don't yeah. understand it. It's an intersection of sort of information theory and general relativity right. with regard to uh, 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 things like event horizons. And the visual edge of our universe is an event horizon kind of, of a, to, unto itself. Mm-hmm. And so, so it's, it's intriguing. It's intriguing – uh, but I'm not all there. Okay. So I, uh, so that's uh, a partial answer, uh, and maybe we'll come back and yeah. pick it up again. Sometimes, what else you got? Uh, okay. Jacob Craner asks, in the Alien movies, the aliens have highly corrosive acid for blood. Is this biologically feasible? Could a creature survive having highly acidic blood, and do we know of any that exist with similar properties today? Yeah, well, I mean, acid... Bloods, uh, acid snakes. No. <laughs> you know, everyone, when they hear the word acid, they say, ooh, it's going to destroy yeah. things. Well, you can be basic as well. That's yeah. the opposite of acid, and that can also destroy things. Yeah. And the, the I most, have acid in my stomach. Yeah, yes, you do. And it's very... you know, I can very, eat metal. Very low pH uh, acid. Yeah. And the... Uh, but when you're basic, mm-hmm. you're very base... Basey, if you want yeah. to think of it that way, you that's also rather caustic. And in fact, some of the most caustic stuff in your household is basic. Mm-hmm. And that's um, in Drano, liquid. Uh, that's liquid why you plumber. really shouldn't drink Drano. That's, that's why. And if Drano was alive, this would be a great answer to his question. So all that matters is whether your acidic or basic blood is not caustic to the skin that contains it. Right. Right. That's all that really yeah. matters. And uh, for example, you have acid in your stomach that could dissolve other things. Yeah. But they don't dissolve the lining of your stomach. So it's just a matter of who's sitting next to whom. Yeah. Chemically or, or biophysically. And then you're cool. So the answer is yeah, totally. You yeah. could have a very acidic alien. Uh, we, like I said, we have an extremely acidic stomach yeah. acids. So okay. uh, stomach. Uh, um, it's basically hydrochloric acid. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, in fact, the chlorine yeah. in salt, yes, which is uh, sodium chloride, yeah. the chlorine becomes part of the hydrochloric acid in your stomach. Oh. That's one of the reasons why you need salt. To keep your stomach all nice and acidy. Yes, so that you can dissolve foods and have it enter your bloodstream for nourishment. Okay. Next. Huh. Jeffrey, Be- Jeffrey Bethel wants to know, could it be possible to give people telekinetic abilities like the Force from Star Wars using cybernetic implants? Well, because so, obviously you couldn't just grow it. Well, here's the thing: cybernetic outplants don't do that either. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't see. That. Yeah, could you do it with just a helmet? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't see it happening outside of your head, much less in your head. It's something in your head presumably would enable you to control it. Sure. With their thoughts. I think that's the concept Yeah, yeah, there. that's what he's but really a fan of. we can't do that outside of our head in the first place. We don't have any kind of telekinetic wands that use magic magnets? Are you saying Magneto is unrealistic? <laughs> <laughs> magnetic fingers and blood? Yeah, one issue I had with Magneto is he's deflecting lead bullets, and lead is not particularly magnetic. I mean, not all metal is magnetic. Yeah, that's why you should always shoot him with nickels. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's that should have been just a ten minute X Men movie where nickel someone shoots him with a gun made of nickels <laughs> in the head and he's dead. And anyway, not many people know that nickel is a magnetic metal because when because you go of, to a nickel coin. Oh yeah, I meant the coin. It's a gun that shoots the coin, not the material. But the material in pure form is highly magnetic. Oh, you take a magnet to a nickel, it's not magnetic at all, telling you that there's not that much nickel in a nickel. 
Yeah. Just FYI. I figured. Yeah. Okay. Uh, government's always trying to trick us by stealing all the nickel in our nickel. Yeah, and there was a James Bond episode where he had a highly magnetic uh, a feature of his wristwatch or some mm-hmm. item on his wrist. And when someone shot a bullet at him, he just lifted his arm up and deflected the bullet. And they forgot to include the conservation of momentum. If you can deflect a bullet with your arm, your arm has to deflect wildly in the other direction in response. Right. And that's not what happened. Wait, so is there anything that could function similar to telekinesis that I guess would be somehow magnetic or something? Uh, well, so what you'd have to do, maybe the, the argument here is you have your thoughts affect an object that generates a magnetic field that can then be targeted towards right. one object and another, and then you could attract or push away because you go positive, you know, north But it would pole, be mostly pole. things that ha- that were actually magnetic. That, you couldn't that push could like respond, a plastic cup. Yes, that could respond to f- action at a distance. And yeah. the, the two things we know are gravity and uh, yeah. electromagnetism. Oh, right. and so you could have a gravity a gravity machine. Yeah, so, but but if I uh, but if I target gravity towards one thing, everything there would come towards me, right? It wouldn't just I can't just say cup come to me. Right, right. right. Everything I, I, between you and the cup would. Right, right, exactly. So right. Yeah. so everybody out there stop trying to move things with your mind when you wake up in the mornings, okay? <laughs> it's pointless. Okay. Amoro Jean Baptiste asks, is there any is there anything scientific to the different reaction of Superman cells to red sun versus yellow sun? Ooh, good yeah. question. Is it realistic? The answer is mm-hmm. we just ran out of time in no! this segment. <laughs> yes, no! No! Is Superman real? You have to come back it's- after the break. You're listening to Star Talk Radio, the Cosmic Queries Edition, the sequel to the Science Fiction Edition. Which is the sequel to our previous Cosmic Queries on, on science fiction. Eugene, thanks for doing this with me here. Eugene Merman is the other voice in the studio. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, so uh, you realize we're on the internet, as you know. We're at starttalkradio.net. You're on the internet. You tweet yeah. the Eugene Merman. Uh, Star Talk tweets. You yeah. find out where all the shows are. It's just Star Talk Radio. It's yeah. a very simple uh, handle there. Uh, so... I'm ready for it. this is the Cosmic Queries edition. Questions called from the from the fan base of Star Talk, and they're all about science fiction questions. So bring it on. Bring me the next one. Well, you never answered the Superman question. Superman cells are they affected? Oh, oh after the previous break. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good memory. Anything really scientific between? Well, I have it written down, but yeah, <laughs> uh, between the red sun and yellow sun, is that true? Like, would would someone potentially be able to fly or under uh, one sun and not under another? Yeah, yeah. So we. Th- think we know stars very well at this point. It's one of the triumphs of 20th century modern astrophysics. How stars are born, how they live out their lives, how they die, what their properties are, what catalogs. Who their friends are, what their favorite books. Well, literally, well, figuratively, stars have friends. They're born in clusters Uh and clusters of a few, 10 or, you know, clusters of pairs. Yeah. They're binary stars, triple stars, quadruple stars, quintuple stars, stars that have hundreds of Star systems that have hundreds of stars, thousands of stars, hundreds of thousands of stars. Oh, wow. So they're cousins, uncles, aunts, yeah. all of these. Except they're all born at the same time, so they're simultaneous in their generation. Here's the thing. We know the difference between a yellow star and a red star. You know, one, the yellow star is- And is it 10%? <laughs> the yellow star is hotter than the red star, period. Uh-huh. And it gives off a little more white light, okay? A little more yellow light than does the red star. Yeah. It's just light. So if it's light that gave Superman his powers, then 
and it is and if it's red light that took him away, yeah, then all you need to do is shine red light on Superman and he'd be a pile of a crying a crying really, mess. You know, Lex Luthor really can hear you, so you really shouldn't be saying <laughs> things like that. So it's not simply You don't even need kryptonite, you just need a flashlight. We have fully characterized the light emanating from stars. And a red star, if Superman did not have powers on Krypton, but he has power uh, on on the Krypton system, yeah. and, he, and he has powers on the Earth Sun system, then we we would have had him figured out long ago. So, but even if his skin is like a solar bat- battery that absorbs the energy, like uh, a oh yeah. So if uh, the yellow sun absorbs higher and en- emits a yellow sun emits higher energy light than does a red sun. And he could be absorbing it, and then red light wouldn't ruin him right away. He could be, except we know exactly how much energy like- his skin can absorb and it's infinite no it's can't be any more than the light hitting him right yeah. and this most of the sun's light is not hitting him it's hitting the ground it's hitting your butt on a beach it's he hitting might fly up first towards the sun <laughs> until he's so powerful he comes and puts an end to all villainy <laughs> i wish now to be more realistic superman I, flew butt first I, towards I, the sun i assure you superman needs much more many more solar panels than what his skin clad w- with such yes. material could bring him, given the powers that he exhibits. So it's some mystical thing that is, is yeah. not really... Even though well. magic's really the only thing that can hurt him, but I understand what you mean. <laughs> also, uh, did you know I was in a Superman comic? Uh, no, but I believe it. You, oh, wait, you, I think I did know that. Yeah, yeah it was uh, Action Comics 140 or 142 just a few months ago, back in... Uh, and I was chilling with... Superman came to visit me at the Hayden And did you tell him all these terrible things where you're like, <laughs> I don't think your skin's as powerful as you think it is. <laughs> no. Did you just tease No, him? I praised him for all the good work he's done in Gotham yeah. because... You mean Metropolis. Uh, so, oh, sorry. Am I mixing Batman? No, sorry, Metropolis, yes. Yeah, I did say Metropolis. it's almost as if those worlds aren't real <laughs> to you. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I, I've been a lo- lifelong resident of Metropolis, resident yeah. of Metropolis, and so he wanted some help finding Krypton on the sky, and so I pointed out a star. That with you a, think w- would be. With, with be. a planet, that, and we showed it to him in the Planetarium Dome. So it was kind of cool, chilling That's with awesome. Superman. Yeah. yeah. All right, are you ready? All right, what else you got? Go. Uh, Edwin A. Crespo asks, could Captain James T. Kirk, the Starship at... Uh, could Captain James James T. Kirk of the Starship Enterprise and its original crew defeat Superman if it came to a fight in Sol system space? Sol is the Latin word for the sun, just in case people are wondering. Yeah, and what we're also wondering is what does Sol system space mean in the world of uh, Star Trek? Where is that? Oh, well, no. If uh, Well, if it means something other than what I know, then I yeah. don't know. Okay, but well, Sol is, is what we call the sun in Latin. Uh-huh. Then the counterpart to that, to Earth, would be Terra, and then the moon is Luna. Uh-huh. So that way everybody has a one family of Latin words. We have Sol, Mercury, because oh, these are Roman gods, and Romans spoke Latin. So, so Mercury, Venus, Earth is not Latin, so it's Terra. Uh, Luna, and then you go on and way Are you out. trying to avoid whether Superman or, or <laughs> Captain Kirk would win in a fight? That's what it sounds like. So what? Okay, is, here's the thing. There's a reason why he's called Superman. Yes. Okay. I have no doubt that Superman could take the Starship Enterprise and the entire crew. Yeah. That's why they call him Superman. It's true. He's not just sort of strong man. He's not sort of kind of Superman. He's Superman. Yeah. Listen, the dude flew backwards around the Earth. Stopped its reversed its rotation. Yeah, t- turned time backwards. Well, that's not something. James Kirk also flew around the sun and then saved the whales. So let's not let's no, no. not be like he's the only one who Excuse can go me. back in time. He flew past the sun in a spaceship. Yeah, Superman flew around the sun, donning a cape and blue pantyhose. That's so true. that's way more powerful. But 
Captain Kirk is very good under pressure. He is, but if Superman goes to the tail of the Enterprise yeah, and, and punches and, it and, and punches or swings it around yeah. lasso style, that's the end. All right, you win. Uh, no, you're right. Aliens would defeat Earthlings. <laughs> that's that. That's what it always comes down to. Right, because Superman's an alien. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah don't let him forget it. Uh huh. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Here's another question. Uh, Virgilio Jonathan asks uh, in the movie Prometheus. Maybe that's uh, Jonathan Virgilio, and he uh, put his name first name. I first. agree that I think the other way sounds better to me, <laughs> but I will not tell this young man that his name is wrong. Okay. But I agree that that's how I would do it if I was him. I, I've never met a person whose last name was Jonathan. That's my well, only point. you've never met Virgilio, so that's that's Go. part of it. In the movie Prometheus, when uh, when we're exploring the structures, they got to a part where there was breathable atmosphere, but it seemed that it was naturally created and not by a machine. The air didn't diffuse out into the atmosphere outside the structure. Is this possible? How would it work, and would this work on, say, like, I don't know, Mars? Yeah, completely. So it's not the, – the, the oxygen was created by life inside mm-hmm. the cave. So, yeah, when they lifted off their, 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 their helmets and they could breathe, life was inside the cave. Now, that cave it does not receive sunlight, and everything we know about the production of oxygen via photosynthesis requires sunlight. So I don't know how they worked that right. one out. But uh, ignoring that complication, that's where the oxygen would have been. Now, since they walked in a big gaping hole in the cave, um, it seems to me right. It would sort of spill out. But if the oxygen is made at a high enough rate, you could still breathe the oxygen made by the extensive plant life, uh, oxygen-producing life, that right. was within the cave itself. And in Prometheus, the, the coolest thing were those little buzz, uh, birdie things that they flew into the – they tossed into the cave and it mapped by laser the three-dimensional structure of the cavernous contents. That was great. And does that seem realistic? Oh, complete. I mean I yeah. love – Prometheus I think got panned by too many given yeah. what it did and how good it was for you what it did. It. I, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, and you thought it was it had elements that were accurate and interesting. Uh, uh, or within reach, they yeah. had this this pod where you can dial up how it would operate on you. Right. What do you need a doctor for? Right. Yeah. You, so I'd like a hysterectomy. I'd like a tooth extracted. I'd like yeah. you dial it in. You get in the pod. It 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 it, it, it scans your body. Knows how what you look like. Goes in. Takes the organ out. Sews you back up. And I won't tell you what happened in that scene if you hadn't seen it, but it's... I haven't seen the movie, but it doesn't sound like it worked out (laughs) if you're leaving out... You're making it... You're like, everything's great, but I won't tell you the end of this operation. Wait, but don't get me started. Since we're on Prometheus, I gotta get this off my chest. There's a point where Charlize Theron, who's the... Uh, the corporate representative on board the ship, because mm-hmm. the corporation paid for the voyage to this yeah, yeah. outer distant uh, star system. Uh, she, they know where the money is. In a frustrated, sexually tense moment with the captain of the ship, says something like, I didn't come a billion miles into space just to blah, 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 blah. And I'm yeah. thinking, a billion miles, that's like to Saturn. You right. Know? It's like, excuse me, Charlize. You, you know, you got that one wrong. You, I didn't come over a thousand billion. <laughs> right, exactly. And so I, 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 put, I tweeted this, and so there was a nerd sort of reaction saying, what? Well, the anti-nerd reaction saying, what? You're paying attention to what she said and not her body? Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> she was really hot in this, in this movie. But go I on. I believe you. Okay. Okay, Christopher Lloyd asks, and who knows, maybe it is the one, uh, the abyss in the ocean vast and deep enough to hold – Oh, sorry. The Abyss. Is the ocean vast and deep enough to hold an alien spaceship that we wouldn't know about by now? Ooh. It depends on how vast. You can easily hide something smaller. But if it's really, really vast, I don't think so. Say it's the size of uh, Connecticut. 
No, no, I don't. I don't. What think if so. it's the size of a Burger King in <laughs> Connecticut? <laughs> a Burger King sized spaceship for sure. And uh, and 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 I'll tell you why. Oh, ooh, we're running out of time. All right, tell me after <laughs> the break. Tell me after the we break. Gotta, we got to take a break uh, and make some money. This is Star Talk, the Cosmic Queries edition, part two of science fiction. Back in a moment. Working moms have way too many to-dos. Switch to H&R Block and have an expert do your taxes for you. Block guarantees 100% accuracy and your max refund or your money back. And with their no surprise guarantee, you'll always know the price of your tax prep before you begin. You can even meet with a tax pro in a block office or online from home. So take a breath, moms. This tax season, it's better with Block. Make an appointment at hrblock.com. All tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. Limitations apply. Description of benefits and details at hrblock.com guarantees. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any of you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Bring everyone together for a great time with the Nintendo Switch system. Get the whole family in on the fun with exciting games that everyone can enjoy, like Super Mario Bros. Wonder, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, and more. Nintendo Switch has three different play modes all in one system. Play in TV mode, tabletop mode, or handheld mode when you're on the go. Visit nintendo.com slash us slash switch to learn more. Games rated E for everyone. Star Talk, Cosmic Queries. We're talking about science fiction, and this is science fiction, the sequel. We yes. did this once before, Eugene, and we only got halfway through the questions. Yeah. Questions called from the internet from fans of Star Talk. Great having you guys out there. And uh, forgive me, did we leave off? Yes, we left off talking about the ocean. And uh, we were talking about how it's so vast that it could potentially hide an alien spacecraft. Like and, in the abyss. Like in the abyss. Yeah, okay. And then the question is, so... And this it, is a question asked by Christopher Lloyd. Well, by someone named Christopher Lloyd, which I hope is the real Christopher Lloyd asking through Facebook a question about the movie <laughs> The Abyss. That's my fantasy. It might be just a guy in Bangladesh. Okay. Christopher Lloyd, if that's really Christopher the Christopher Lloyd, Lloyd we think it is, uh, yeah. I, I loved you on Cyber Chase. Yes, well, so so uh, uh, a spaceship the size of Connecticut could not hide from us underwater, but a spaceship Here, the size of Burger King could. No, here's the thing: uh, a space a large spaceship would need an energy source if it's doing anything. Okay. Yeah, yeah. In principle, it could tap the energy of the magma that gurgles beneath the Earth's crust. Yeah. In the Marianas Trench, off of 
the Philippines. Yeah. That is the deepest part of Earth's crust, the closest you can get to that churning liquid. Without drilling into. Without drilling, yeah, to get the, the closest you can get for free. Yeah. Without um, uh, drilling up the, the bottom yeah. of the ocean. Aliens are very concerned <laughs> of the cost of drilling into our planet. That's, they're like, we can't spend all our money on this drill. So it would be funny if they had like the same economic they problems. They probably we have did. some. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but here's what here's what might happen. We, you know, we we know ocean currents. We know how they move. Mm-hmm. We have the capacity to monitor the ocean depths. Yeah. We have submarines out there. The the structure, yeah. of the open depth, is of very high interest yeah. to the military. We can in still fact, break the Germans' codes. <laughs> in fact, so watch out, Germany. <laughs> in fact, the knowledge. That in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, the continental plates were separating, mm-hmm. was first derived by the mapping of the ocean bottom by the military. Oh. And so that fact is what enabled everyone to then believe you, um, uh, 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 Wegner. Yeah. The, I forgot his first name. Uh, Johnny. <laughs> Johnny boy Wegner. Yeah. Uh, uh, Wegner was a scientist who proposed that the continents shift mm-hmm. around on Earth's surface and fit together like a puzzle at one time in their past. Uh, and th- he was laughed at, basically. How could this possibly happen? It's, it's a solid thing. It's not solid. These things no. are moving around. Mid-Atlantic Ridge showed that. And that allowed you to fit South America to Africa, which any child knows looks like they fit together on a yeah. globe. So... Um, we, we, we've mapped the ocean surface. So unless this thing is is swimming around behind the submarine, yeah. behind the surface. Uh, uh, but uh, it took so long to find giant squids, so you think. Well, well, this is what I'm saying. Well, the giant squids are not the size of Connecticut. Right. So, <laughs> so what in between? So what's the biggest thing you think you could have? Like, could it be the size of UMass Boston? If it's intelligent, U- UMass if it's intelligent, it just doesn't go where they're doing the tom- the, 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 the tomography. Yeah. Right. Right. You can just sort of follow around. I joke about this with the, 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 the rover on Mars. Yeah. If they're cool aliens hanging out up there, but they just want to mess with us, they just keep running behind the, the stereo yeah. camera. And then you know we would say, oh it's desolate. No, they're having a party <laughs> on yes. a on, on a on a lazy Susan dancing around the camera. <laughs> so yeah, you could in, in principle hide it, but if it was stationary, I don't think you could. Okay. Yeah. Good answer. All right, Tim Bailey has a question. The Tim Bailey. I don't know. Um, Neil, what is your favorite science fiction book, TV series, or film? The correct answer is BBC's Red Dwarf. By the way. That's what he wrote. Uh, but no, what is, yeah, what's your favorite sci-fi? Okay, favorite science fiction for TV has to be the original Star Trek series. Yeah. And because of, it was nothing, it was like nothing that came before. Yes, there was science fiction. Yeah. But this one. But it was unrealistic, like Buck Rogers. <laughs> the difference was this told stories that really should have been told in real Earth situations, but no one would have allowed that to happen. Right. Because they were offensive, they were this, or they they, they probed our our odd social mores because social statements were being made. Right. You could finally have a race of purple people or green people exactly. and be like, why are you so mean to the green people? To the, exactly. So you can transpose it into space yeah. and have these stories still be told. Twilight Zone was an equ- had equivalent yeah. landscape in which to conduct the storytelling. So I just see that as a really important series. I will also add that the Starship Enterprise, by my read of the history of the telling of science fiction stories, was the first ship of its kind to not be designed only to get from A to B. Yeah. It was designed to live on. And also to explore. Its mission was simply its information. Its mission was not, a, was not a destination. Yeah. I don't know any other ship for which that was the case. Yeah. In the history of the telling, 
The so, Magna Carta. Since then, we've had those yeah. ships that just go hang out. Yeah, the yeah. Ship is, cruise ships. Space is cruise ships, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, I would say uh, Star Trek, the original series. And uh, love that and the Twilight Zone, which had a lot of space themes yeah. in that era. We were going to the moon. Yeah. They, they addressed them. On, on movies, I'd have to put a deep impact when the asteroid hit. And hit the ocean rather than having good aim like the asteroids did in Armageddon, where yeah, one yeah. hit the Eiffel Tower and one hit yeah, a yeah. dam or whatever. So this one hit the ocean. Most of the Earth's surface is ocean. That got a lot of the, so much of the physics right. I let him go on stuff that wasn't right, like the story. <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> no, I recommend it. It's based on the. Um, you, you, but what's the, so that's the one you find most scientifically accurate. Yeah, what's yeah, the one then, you find most enjoyable. Well, wait, and I t- thoroughly enjoyed uh, Carl Sagan's story. Uh, brought to film contact. Oh, okay. It was an interesting treatment of how humans would react to information that we found a species of intelli- aliens more intelligent than we are. Mm. Humans just freaked out. And I yeah. enjoyed watching the attempt to capture that. When we come back, more of Star Talk, the Cosmic We're back. Cosmic Queries. Eugene, thanks for being here with me. We left off with what my favorite uh, sort of movie, TV, science fiction. And just a, a quick recap, I, The Twilight Zone, the first gen, the first Star Trek, yeah. uh, were without precedent in their concept and what they portrayed. Uh, uh, Deep Impact, an yeah. asteroid movie that finally got the physics right. You know, the Bruce Willis one, no. This yeah. one, yes. And our Carl Sagan's Contact, People Act Crazy, Without intelligent aliens talking to us, that one I think really captured how crazy how crazy people would get in the face of that information. Yeah. And I gotta love the Matrix. Yes, that, that's those are my top ones. Not including two thousand one: A Space Odyssey. That's there just as a classic. But right. So uh, Eugene, they keep asking me these questions, but it seems to me you might have favorites. I do. Well, you know, I uh, I don't know. I love the Star Trek Four where they go back in time. I love time travel stuff. Oh, that was also, Save the Whales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Save the Whales. But I mostly. <laughs> And then, Star Trek um, for the movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the last the movie that had the episode of the series Star Trek. <laughs> I think that epi- that was the last one that had the full crew. Maybe, together. Might but have I also love the new, the latest Star Trek, and then the movies. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. movies. Yeah, those I, are fun. I thought that was great, and then. Um, but I did. I loved as a kid, like Auto Man and Buck Rogers and okay. uh, the Misfits of Science. By the way, in the latest Star Trek movies, I had an issue with the red matter uh-huh. turning planets into. Seemed black unrealistic gold. to you somehow. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems to me. Are you saying me, you know more than Spock? I find that unlikely. I, if you had red matter, I don't see why it has to go to the center to turn it into a black hole. Put it 10 feet underground. It would make a black hole there, too. I don't see why they had to drill. It was a cool drill. Don't get me wrong. If I had a drill to get to the center of a planet, that's what it would look like. But, all right. You're right. Just throw a little, just throw it at, near it. Yeah, just throw it near it. It would t- totally take it in. But what else you yeah. got? Okay. Mm-hmm. So Matt Ellie wants to know, Neil, what is an... What is an astrophysics theme you would like to see tackled in a work of science fiction? I would like to see an asteroid come while the whole world is at war, and then people realize that the asteroid could render everyone extinct. And so the common enemy to everyone forces everyone to then harmonize 
with each other. You should check out the movie Watchmen then. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's it, it, a. It, it, it's an element. They of touch it. there. It's an element yeah. of it. And so I don't think I've, that they've attempted that in the past, but I don't think they did it very yeah. well. They normally and, do it with aliens. And that one is not just about science. It's about geopolitics and how humans treat each other and what we fight over. And yeah. it may be we figure out a way to har- harvest the resources of that asteroid, put it into orbit around Earth, and then we stop fighting each other and over we put- our- over the resources that sit beneath our feet. Right. And then we also put uh, things that it can absorb sunlight on it, turn it into a Dyson sphere, and power the Earth. Uh, we could do that, too. Good. Just making <laughs> right. sure it's possible. So that would be the end of all wars, and it would take the threat of extinction of the species to reach that point. The ultimate in death becomes the savior of our lives. You've just created a madman out there <laughs> listening to this who's going to try to develop an asteroid to bring here. Uh, okay, here's right. another. Dan Owens has a question. They are currently remaking Disney's The Black Hole, the movie that you claim was the least accurate sci-fi movie you've ever seen. Excuse me. I've seen uh, – okay. Uh, there's nothing accurate about the Star Wars series scientifically except the double star system that sets in the in the desert. So Not even not, the Force? So, it's not even, so I don't judge movies by whether they're inaccurate. I'm just saying the original Disney movie Black Hole was awful. It was Forget. awful and inaccurate. And inaccurate. Ugh, right. The worst. Right. They go into a black and they go into the black hole and it's like it's like this it's this like reddened scene from from like a beach from, party from Arizona, blanket. you know, with with vents spewing fire. What are you doing? I could have I was in high school at the time and I could have said, "Look, I could have been your science advisor and we could have right. done a kick butt movie on black holes." I but bet you in high school still knew a lot of science. I I, I yeah, I taught a seminar on black holes actually yeah. at, at the time. Well, there you go. It's the <laughs> it's not the best example of someone unknowledgeable about black holes, but I understand okay, what you mean. If they make it, I want to make sure they had some advisors. You know, it doesn't have to be me. You I, want the black hole to just be people turned into spaghetti and then the movie's done. It's about 35 s- seconds long. No, but you can have the drama and the love Entering the, the event horizon, but you maybe to, that. You for need relationships, minutes. and someone pull, gets pulled from them with the extended, outreached hands as they get spaghettified. That, you, you want know. it to be a better story. That's yeah. what you really. Oh want. my gosh! Don't. Oh, just, just. Yeah, I hope. And Disney's got good movie, good, good money today, and science matters now in movies. So just, just to clarify, I think Disney has the resources, and they have the science. If it's not literacy, let me call it science sensitivity. Right. To think about how to make a really cool movie using black holes. There's no way, based on what you've told me about the black hole, that they could do anything but have a fun world in there. (laughs) Like, like, Like meaning of the story... But they could make it a better story. By the way, there are black hole space-time structures where you go through, and if you survived it, you see the entire future of the universe play out in front of you. That's and, a movie. And then you enter your own brand new fabric of space-time. Oh. Freshly created for you through the center of the black hole. If they don't know that, I'm tweeting about it, okay? Well, hopefully they're listening. Yeah, they know I'm ready to bite at their ankles. Yeah. Got to take a break. We'll be right back with Cosmic Queries. You know what shouldn't feel like rocket science? Planning a vacation your whole crew will love. With Carnival Cruise Line, it's all up to you. You can kick back or dive right into the fun. Paddleboard in the crystal clear waters of one of Carnival's exclusive destinations, Half Moon Key in the Bahamas. Take an ATV ride through the jungle or just relax on white sandy Caribbean beaches. The fun continues on ship. From a ride on the Bolt roller coaster to a moment of pure bliss at the Cloud Nine Spa. Kick off the evening with a craft cocktail at any 
of Carnival's dazzling bars and lounges and take your pick of restaurants from surf and turf to family-style Italian. Then settle in for an evening of live entertainment. Whatever your vibe is, you'll come home with plenty of stories to tell. So pack those bags, be sure to leave room for a few unforgettable memories because no one does fun like Carnival. Book your dream vacation at Carnival.com. Ships Registry, The Bahamas and Panama. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You saw the potential and through some elbow grease, fresh installs and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, Auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. We're back on Star Talk, Cosmic Queries Edition. The sequel to science fiction. fiction in every way it's cut. So uh, we went through a bunch of questions, but there's still so many more. We are in the last segment of this hour, and so it's going to be the lightning round. Let's okay. do it. Ready? I've got my trusty bell. We'll test it. Yep. Engineer, you hear the bell? We're good. All right. All right. Ian Kobe asks, alien movies. Ripley opens up an airlock in space on two separate occasions. Wouldn't opening the airlock kill her pretty quickly? Yeah, so what you mean is you're in a vacuum, and yeah. no, it won't. you just hold your breath, and you're not there long enough. You won't to... explode or freeze or anything? No, it's, it's some tension on your skin because there is pressure inside of you. Air will come out of your lungs mm-hmm. because the pressure balance wants to equalize, so your cheeks will puff out, and you got to let some air out. But if you're just trying to open an airlock and spend a little bit of time in there to get your suit, to put on your boots, to, to close another door. Plenty of time to do that. Oh, really? Uh, like yeah, how so long? Like we, five, ten minutes or like 35 minutes? Uh, no, because you can't hold your breath for ten minutes even in I regular could. I mean, I would die. <laughs> yeah, as long as you can hold your breath. You're, okay. you're, you're good to go. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, so it's it's been overplayed, right? okay? Yeah. Whether you explode inside of it. Right, go. Okay, David Pilland asks, physics limitations in the Iron Man movies. Is there a theoretical power supply that would be small enough to carry and still provide adequate power up to output? Uh, certainly. Uh, Matter-antimatter drive in his chest would do almost essentially everything he wants. Yeah. Uh, except what would the antimatter touch to contain it in his chest? That's the big problem. Okay, Alexandre LaChapelle asks, will the artificial intelligence we create ever reach the same level we see in sci-fi? 
I don't see why not. Look, already our artificial intelligence beats us in chess. It yeah. it, it runs Jeopardy. faster than us in Jeopardy. So yeah. sure, well, I mean, why not? Sure, it doesn't sound dangerous to me. Yeah, the, the the tricky part is, will it one day ever become diabolical or and, enslave us or use us as food? Exactly. And, and the I'm, answer I'm, is maybe, <laughs> but probably not. I'm, I'm skeptical. Go. Yeah, Hayden Jerez asks, could robots really be programmed to follow? Asimov's law of robotics, and if they could, do you predict lifelike artificial intelligence in the near future? We can program computers to do anything we want. Even speak Spanish? Period. <laughs> Period. And so this whole thing about uh, Isimov's three rules, and one of them yeah. is the robot cannot kill the creator of the robot. Yeah, and, yeah. And so the point is you can program it to do anything. Like, so, so yes. Name one robot we have that kills people and <laughs> call it a drone. Yes, exactly. And a robot doesn't have to look like people. It just no. has to respond to – It just has to kill. Just to, uh, you know, planes today are robots. Yeah. You're, the monorail in – Airports or robots. There's nobody driving the damn thing. Not you know, even a bunch of kids. Not <laughs> nobody. So so yeah yeah. Uh, I don't see why. Uh, yes, they do anything we want. And here's the thing: whether they take whether they achieve consciousness on their own, mm-hmm. I don't know how that can happen unless we program them to achieve consciousness on their own. So you just, that'd be if you nice program it to just to perform tasks, okay. That then that's I think all we should let computers do. Next. Okay. Oops. There. <laughs> Okay, uh, Larissa J. Levy asks, is there any possible way to make a radio out of coconuts? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, well. But great question, and you got to love the professor yeah. on Gilligan's Island. Oh, now switching to p- questions from Twitter. Uh, yeah, you, uh, you need some metal to make a – you need some conductors. You need to something m- to conduct, and you, coconuts barely conduct. No. <laughs> but you can make, a what, an alarm clock out of a potato uh, or power it? Yes, uh, but, power it. but you, there are wires sticking into it. You need metal. You right. need conductors for that. Next. Okay. okay. So Rachel Fender asks – in line with Futurama's predictions of the future, is alcohol a viable substance for robot fuel? Uh, Brazil yes. has, most don't know, the third largest aerospace industry in the world. Uh-huh. It's a $20 billion industry. It employs 18,000 people. And they invented an airplane that runs on alcohol. Unlike pure, cognac or? <laughs> pure alcohol. So here we are drinking alcohol on our airplanes, and they're making airplanes that can run on alcohol, which is essentially solar-powered because alcohol is derived from plant products. Plant products get their energy from the sun. Nice. Okay, and Wally, after 700 years in space, humans lost bone mass. Wait, wait, and- Wally is asking sorry. this or Wally? No, you're right. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Ben Apperson in the movie Wall E. Thank you. I thought, right. Sorry. After 700 years in space, humans lost bone mass and gained fat. Would their bodies really wor- work back on Earth? No. 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 You, 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 look, our bodies don't work on Earth when all you do is sit and watch TV. Right. <laughs> you Let die. Alone yeah. Be yeah. in space. Yeah. You go in space and then you gain, you get fatter if you don't exercise. So if we sent uh, enemies to outer space and brought them back in like 20 years, we could beat the crap out beat of them. Beat the crap out. What you do is you spin up the space station, you spin up the craft so that you have artificial gravity, right. and it solves the problem entirely. If we had them in super gravity rooms, we could make them very powerful. You, even stronger, correct. Yes. Well, but that's no this. different from just increasing the weight on in the gym, right? It's mm, no different. No. Okay, next. It sounds more fun. We'll run it quick. Run okay. It. Last one. Uh, quick. Jeff DeLoke asks, in Dune, energy shields allow slow-moving objects to pass through but prevent fast-moving objects. Is this possible? I, uh, I, I never figured that one out. So I, I'm not going to say- Because it's, it's made up. Uh, <laughs> so that's fine. Let me not say that it's not possible. 
I, I will Unlikely. say there are things that you can move slower through faster than trying to move fast through. That, that's true. Yes. Like really viscous liquids. Yes. If you try to go fast through, the, there's a, a partial vacuum that picks up behind you and slows you down. Yeah. And it gets, it's like the muck of mud. and But uh, move slowly. Uh, it just goes around. <laughs> we got to go. Uh, Eugene, thanks for coming. Again, Thank you so much Star for having Talk, me. Cosmic Queries Sci-Fi. You're listening to Star Talk Radio, brought to you in part by a grant from the National Science Foundation. We'll see you next time. As always, keep looking up.
to keep looking up. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. In a fast-paced world... Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.